prepared or brace for impact. Prepare for unconventional money moves for the Mavericks who dare to defy the status quo. Introducing the financial dynamo himself, Joshua Kravchik. So we are on. I got Trap Bob here today up in DC. She's a great artist, does a lot of cool things. And obviously, uh, whenever you ask your parents, what do you want to be when you grow up? You say you're an artist. A lot of parents are like, you, ain't, you can't make no money being an artist. However, uh, Trap Bob runs her own business. She's been successful. And she, I believe, didn't you, didn't you actually go to school for business? Yeah, I didn't start art until um, end of undergrad. And by start, you mean like start taking it seriously? Just like doing much with it. Like I was interested in it when I was really young, but like you said, like no one ever pushed me to pursue it or to even do it for fun, really. Um, so I, I was like at the end of undergrad and really hated the idea of working for someone and um, remembered being into art when I was a kid. So I just kind of went back to it as a, as a hobby. And I had a bunch of electives that I didn't take because I literally had no hobbies. I didn't see the point of taking classes I didn't have to take. And I took like one drawing class and I was like, oh, this is all I want to do. And I just completely switched directions. That's, that's super cool. And so you were in school when you decided to be like, all right, I don't want to work for anyone. I want to do my own thing. And I'm gonna start taking art and turn it into a business because a lot of people that are artists, everyone finds out about them after they, they're like gone and then their art becomes valuable. However, you've found a way to make your art valuable today so that you can live your life and pretty much do whatever you want every single day. Yeah, um, I don't think... I don't think when I started, I even thought of making money from it or making it a business. I just was honestly excited to find something that I was excited about and passionate about. Up until then, I'd just been really good at being disciplined and doing well in school. And, you know, I'd done so many different activities growing up in sports and things like that, but I never felt passionate about anything. So at that point, I was just happy to have that. And I think because of how it already built myself up to that point, I knew I'd be able to do something with it. I feel like I was kind of preparing to find the thing that I wanted to put my all into. And it was like finding art. I knew if I just go after it, you know, I'll be able to figure out what to do with it. And, and studying marketing, honestly, was the best thing that I could have done to support that because I didn't have to think too much about what to do with it. It's like I, I started from that point of, um, kind of selling myself and my brand in a way while I was literally like learning art and figuring out what I wanted to make and what kind of style I had. So it, it worked out great. What, what was the first piece of art that you sold? How much was it sold for? And like, how did someone just like, Hey, I want to buy that. Like, do you remember what that was? No, 
I really should know that. I I, I don't even know. That's I was like your, that's like that's like when a business owner puts the first dollar in a frame. Like I know, but I was not in that mentality. Like I was not thinking about the money, and I still don't think about it. I think the business mind that I have understands there's value in what I make, but my artist mind can't tie dollars to it. So I have to like consolidate it in my own mind of how I go about that and being successful and able to provide for myself. But when it comes to art, I'm just happy that people want it or find joy from it or, you know, we're even interested in it that early on. So I don't, I don't even, I don't know, maybe $50 I could have sold a painting for at the time. I was just painting all day, every day, making whatever I could. If somebody asked me to you know, do a commission. I don't even know how much I was probably painting for back then. Definitely under a hundred dollars, but I was just happy to have it out there. And I, and I really got into freelancing, um, early on to help me, um, get my name out there and to practice really, because I wasn't studying art. I wasn't taking classes. I really didn't have like a blueprint of what I should be doing. And, um, I was just posting stuff on Instagram and sharing whatever I was doing and, you know, people saw that my consistency and hired me for small projects. Like I used to, I used to do a lot of like flyers for local events and I got really into like the DC art scene. And, um, I did a lot of shows. Like I think my first year I probably did at least one show every weekend. So it was a lot, it was, it was a lot of time, but I loved it. And, um, I couldn't imagine doing it a different way. The last episode we had, we had uh, Ari Mizell, and he's a speaker and author, and he focuses on uh, less doing is his concept. So figuring out how to basically remove yourself from a business. And one of the things he was chatting about was the most successful businesses have those uh, values. And those values is what allows these people and these companies to stay in business. So a lot of people like getting the art for the passion and then, you know, the money comes eventually. However, you found a way to turn your passion into profits, which is really cool. Yeah, I think business studying that first. So I got into business because I literally just wasn't interested in anything. And I literally was like, you know, I'll study business and I'll learn how to sell whatever I end up selling down the line. And so it just made sense to me. I really liked math too. So it made sense to me. And I think what it really, especially marketing opened my eyes up to was that art was involved in everything. And since I already was kind of leaning into art, I was always like a creative person when I was younger. I didn't necessarily think of medium or anything like that. I just think it was like a visionary thing. The way I saw things was creative. And so seeing marketing bring together, um, you know, business and the world and, it's just everything, everything involved art. And once I started thinking about art and practicing it, I got to a point where I couldn't look at a room the same. I couldn't look at anything the same. Um, I mean, even studying marketing commercials were a whole thing. I, I had to stop watching TV at a certain point. And uh, it just kind of became an obsession. And I just didn't see a way, I didn't see a reason why the two worlds couldn't be mixed. And I think that that's the most beautiful thing. I think artists are the most powerful business people. Um, and I think a lot of the expectations that society has put or the image that people have put on artists is a way to take away that power. 
And um, I think about all the experience that I've been able to gain as an artist and also as a businesswoman. Um, you know, I feel like I'm at a point where the things that people hire me to do, I could just do it myself. I don't really need the middle. I don't need anyone, you know, to put things together for me. I'm the creative. I'm the visionary. I'm the one who communicates the message. And so I think um, it's really important for me to show people that you can be successful at things that you're passionate about, because if we all did that, you know, that would create a big problem for capitalism. And so I just love kind of getting in the middle of that norm and, and applying pressure to it. Is it like frustrating that you see things that other people can't see, even though you're looking at the same thing? Yeah, I always say being an artist is miserable, but I couldn't do anything else. Yeah, I feel the same way. Like I look at something or I see an opportunity and other people are like, what are you even looking at? And they look at you like you're stupid and you're look, literally looking at the same thing. I'm like, yo, how do you not see this? And it's like, yeah. uh, how do you, how do you get people to, you can't get people to change their mindset, but at the same time, you got to be able to like sell them on the vision because that's where, like you said, the greatest power lies with artists. Yeah. I think it's more so about um, like as an artist for me, my, biggest goal is to make people think um, and think differently. It doesn't mean that they're going to change their mind, but I think that just getting someone to think about something or revisit an idea or habit that they have is the kind of catalyst to change. Um, and I think that happens on the individual level. So as long as I can get somebody to like think about it for a second, to open their eyes to a different idea or direction, I think that's enough, you know, it's, it's too much pressure to try to like completely change people. And I don't think that we can, I don't believe in changing people. So um, I'm just here for awareness. What, and what sort of awareness do you look to illustrate in your pieces to uh, help those people think differently or at least open up their eyes to areas that they may not be aware of? Definitely a perspective. I really like to get people to consider other perspectives. I think a life that is lived only from your own perspective is a waste. And um, it takes away from the connectivity that we can have as people uh, in communities with our friends, our family members um, in the world. And uh, something that really sat with me when I was getting into art was realizing that I was spending too much time answering questions instead of asking them and even questioning the questions that I was being asked, because, you know, you ask a question, you kind of set up a forced response in a sense. And I realized that like, you know, going to school and studying business and people saying, what do you want to, what, where do you want to work? What do you want to do in this field? Or, you know, they're leading questions and you find yourself answering them just out of uh, habit. And then I just was like, I'm lying to everybody. I'm just a liar. Like that's how I saw myself before I was an artist. I was just lying about everything, pretending I wanted to do these things. Cause I, you know, grew up disciplined and knowing that I needed to do well at things. Um, and so once I started asking questions to myself and to others and, and kind of uh, fighting back in that sense, I think questions for me was like a form of rebellion. And then those questions show up in my work and just get people to think like, you know, do I even feel like that? 
Do I, right. uh, do I feel tied to my identity? Do I feel like the identity that I carry truly uh, expresses who I am? And am I aligned in my behavior and in my goals? Things like that where, you know, you can say you're, for example, I do a lot of work in activism and you can say that you're supportive and that you're, you're a part of this movement and you, you, you know, don't do these things or you would never think like this, but do you? Do you do that in practice? Do you do that when you're by yourself? Do you um, offer support where you can? Is it performative? And and just to get people to think about like the root of the causes that they're a part of or um, the practices that they have or the things that they say or the things that they um, even advertise for themselves. What Like, what are you putting on social media? What are you um, consuming media wise? Is it aligned with who you are and and if not, that's okay too. But did you ever think about that? That's that's where I like to fit in. Yeah, getting people to use their brain uh, is definitely challenging at times. Yeah, and with everything that's been going on for such a long time, uh, with all the activism and those sort of areas, it's like uh, people aren't even aware of the things that have continuously been happening and happening. So with your art is like you hoping not only to open people's eyes, but at the same time in some sort of capacity, bring people together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have a motto that I go by that art will save the world. And so that is where everything that I make comes from. And um, that for me really starts on the individual level, but to bring us closer together. And I think art brings people together. It it doesn't, um, I mean, it can focus on differences, but with my work, I really try to focus on what we have the same because I think things like differences and problems and issues, those we know exist and we might not be able to change right now, but I focus on what can we do that's gonna help us move forward and change and that's creating hope and that's coming together and that's um, relating with each other. So I used to have a lot of work that just featured hands and I thought that was a great way to help people see themselves in my work without, yeah, without um, alienating anybody. And so um, I think that that symbolism works great to uh, make people think about coming together and and to see everybody in in the work. And um, even I have characters that I use. They're they're all women, mostly black women. I just call them my girls. But for me, they really represent everybody. They just represent a thought, a concept. Um, maybe an issue that's going on in experience. And I've found that so many people relate to my work, which is beautiful because I, I hate to, um, you know, be put in a box of what kind of artist I am or what, what kind of work I make. And so I think if we can all just consider each other, anything that gets you to think like that is, is really important. I feel like what a lot of people don't realize is there's many different types of artists. So like, if I go to a concert, that person is considered an artist. Like, what artist is, but I mean, it's just like, yo, I'm going to see Ellen John or whomever. And if you look around, all of these people have something in common. They want to see this one artist. Yet, if you were to see that same person probably in the supermarket, you'd be like, yo, I have nothing in common with that person. So that's like a an exact example of like bringing people together and that's what your art's looking to do is like 
like me and you like people would see us be like yo like what do those people have in common but as we got to know each other we have a lot in common and yeah. it's super cool how people from different walks of life can come together and by doing that it opens up those opportunities that are going to remain closed unless you can open up your heart to allow other people into your world absolutely absolutely i think it's like you can focus on the differences right you can focus on the reason that someone wouldn't understand you but that will never allow access to who you are and and how you really can relate and um you know, art shows up in so many ways to show us that even when it comes to style, fashion, um, accessories, anything you have, you can you can build a relationship with someone just from a similarity. But it, it takes opening yourself up to that, you know, and not already alienating yourself before you can see, like, what can I learn from this person? What can I share with them? And and how can we grow stronger together? Growth is definitely key. So. You, you mentioned how, like you didn't want to be put into a box as like you only do a certain sort of art. So how do you keep growing as an artist to keep pushing the limits? Because I'm sure you could keep doing the same art over and over and make a good living at it. However, uh, like you said at the very beginning, that would that would get you extremely bored. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, it's uh, curiosity is what really keeps my uh, heart and creativity open. I... I'm interested in everything. I mean, there's really not a subject that I wouldn't find uh, fascinating and exciting. And, and I think as an artist, I get the most inspiration from everything outside of art. Art for me is just the medium and the form of expression, but I study medicine, brain chemistry, um, meditation, uh, health and fitness, health and beauty, Anything that that one is interesting to me that I can use for my own personal life, but also is an art in itself and has a history and has people that are passionate about it and they're sharing information. I could really listen to any expert talk about something, read any book, and in any unrelated way, I can learn something that I can apply or will help me come up with a concept of, of a way to, to communicate a message or a different way to think. So in the same way that I want people to think differently when they see my work. I have to practice that in, in when I'm creating the work so that there might be something that's new to me and my community who, you know, we have similarities that I know of might be able to find something in that that, um, you know, changes their mind or they learn something new or uh, open their horizons. Um, but it, for me, it's really about curiosity. That's it's my favorite part of life is being able to learn things and experience things and try new things. Where, where would you say the most unconventional inspiration came from with a piece that you recently worked on? See, now I'm making you think. Yeah, I know, right? Um, <laughs> not really unconventional, honestly, because I, I do this every day, but I take walks every morning. And I was making a design for these um, Valentines that I make every year, which I call Travantines. And they were DC based themed. And um, I was, I just needed an idea, something that was relatable and something that was happening in my community. And I just walked by and saw a car just like covered in parking tickets. 
And it just stood out to me so much. Like it, that's how I feel when I see things, you know, I, I'm someone who like takes pictures of everything while I'm walking. It's really annoying, honestly, to other people, but I just see things differently, you know, like we spoke about and once something sticks out to me and it could be just like a leaf on the ground, I have to be able to capture that and, and to think about it and figure out why it stood out to me so much. So just seeing that car covered in parking tickets for some reason communicated like a love language in a way. And it was just like a funny, um, very DC thing. And I was able to use that in my design. And, and it actually changed um, a concept that I had already had and, and it made it a lot better. So just gotta keep your eyes open. And with keeping your eyes open, have you seen these new glasses that you can wear that uh, I believe they're be made by like Ray-Ban with like Meta and like you can wear these glasses and you can turn them on and it like is literally going to capture like everything that you're seeing. Wow. I have not seen that. That's, I mean, that is innovative, but that's scary too. Yeah. That's I mean, it. with all those things with the metaverse and I mean, all of that is art. Like, yeah. Have you considered any of that being part of like your future plans? Because all that has to be developed by someone, right? Someone like yourself yeah. that's creative. It's not like you know, just it's it's got to be made. Yeah, yeah. I um, it's funny when it comes to like the advances in um technology. When it comes to art, I, I fully believe in supporting it. You know, I think even the fact that I make digital art now was a big scare back in the day for, for painters to see that kind of thing. And we have like AI art going into practice now, even though there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of moral issues when it comes to stuff like, like that, but like, like pushback. Yeah. There's just the, um, you know, uh, invading of, of artists rights and, and their, their creations and, and uploading, you know, tons of artists work to teach these robots how to make the work. But I also think on the positive side, it's just another tool, you know, to streamline your uh, work. Like I went from painting, I started on oil painting, which is literally like the oldest, longest process of painting. It's very satisfying and beautiful, but the way my mind works, I have so many ideas. I just needed to get them out quickly. So I went to illustration and taught myself illustrator and I could make, you know, a hundred ideas in a day. I mean, not a hundred, but you know, you learn how to get your workflow where you need it to be. And, and that was a really helpful tool. I think it comes to the um, integrity of artists, but unfortunately it's usually not artists who are making these tools. So it can mm -hmm. get um, messy, but that's, you know, that's life. It's like being a digital artist. I know when I'm putting something online, it can get stolen, it can get copied and I might not find out about it. So um, I just think it's a part of life. I'm open to it. I am already honestly overwhelmed with the things that I do now. So to think of getting into another um, medium or form of art is, um, I think I'll get there when I get there. I'm still even, you know, deciding on how I feel about NFTs. So we'll see. Yeah. And the thing with those NFTs is I don't know much about them. However, it was like, if it's like a concert ticket and it turns into the NFT, I guess the idea is like the artist can continue to get revenues yeah. in, yeah. in perpetuity. Unlike like a single piece of art, you sell it and then, you know, it's done. A hundred percent. That is what I do like about it um, is the, you know, digital royalties coming into play because I think when it comes to the gallery space and like fine art sales, I think it's just money laundering and 
Um, it's to get rich people rich. It's, it's, I truly think that. I don't think that the, the artist doesn't make money, you know? Like you sell it one time and then somebody can make millions from something you sold for $50, you know, years and years, decades from now, generations from now. And your family doesn't get that money. And I don't, I don't believe in that. I believe in accessibility when it comes to art. That's what I love about freelancing is that, you know, I can sustain myself because a client paid me to do something and then my community or my followers can enjoy it for free and not have to worry about, you know, not being able to afford something or not having something be accessible. So I do appreciate that part of it. Um, but, you know, it's early. In, in the grand scheme of things, a lot of these advances are very early on. So mm -hmm. I don't really like, you know, define things about how they are now or what I even think about them because this is very small amount of time. Um, in my mind, I really think about things like a hundred years from now and how they'll look then and how they'll um, affect uh, artists and the community and, and, and what I do now and how that's gonna look a hundred years from now. What, what I've heard is like, for example, like if someone's like a 13 year old artist and they want to like get their art out there, like Instagram or social media would be like the way to do it. Like you just post it and then people start liking it. What I've heard is you can create like stores in the metaverse. So you could create the Trap Bob mm -hmm. gallery and people could walk in and literally like look at your art, which would be like, like on one wall, you could have like a mural, then you have like pictures uh it's pretty crazy it's a little scary though uh it is but yeah i get the concept it's cool. yeah it's it's really cool i mean i feel like that is a dream come true right like as an artist i'm only held back by materials and space to have those materials and though i think um you know real life art and and things in our physical places like that's what i love about murals that that mural is living on a building while i'm not there and physically people will see it because they're passing by, they're in the area, they live in the neighborhood. Um, that is, that has a different effect. I think size and scale for me is really important, but um, the accessibility of having a digital space where there's not a limit on those things is amazing. I just think, you know, we don't know how that affects us as humans to get too caught up in that, you know? I don't know if that's the best for us to be too distracted by, you know, the brain will be confused by like the fact that something looks real and it's not. And and we're, mm -hmm. I don't think we're involved at all to, to deal with that. We're still trying to figure out social media. So, um, you know, that's the funny thing about being human. Like we're built to keep getting better and to learn and to grow, but um, we still have to adapt to those things too. Yeah. Adaptability is, uh, is hard for a lot of people. And, what sort of uh, projects do you have now? Like, where are you hoping people that may even listen to this, where they you want them to go to, like, support you as an artist? Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, right now I'm um, kind of switching focus to more of my own uh, personal business things and projects. I have a new studio. Um, I'm working on a new series of paintings, hopefully to have a, another uh, gallery exhibition which will be exciting hopefully this year. Um, and just get back to having fun with art again. I think I got a little uh, burnt out during COVID doing a lot of work, which I mean is a blessing, you know, like it's, it, was a, it was a crazy and hard time. We didn't know what was gonna happen, but I definitely 
um, worked a lot and, and got burnt out. And um, I found myself trying to find where I was when I started at this point, which is funny because when I started, I didn't think I'd be where I am. And there's not really an idea of like what that cycle looks like. I don't know when I would want to circle back to um, the mentality I had when I started, but um, my signal is just kind of like, I'm not having as much fun with this. I don't feel as, as creative or free flowing or inspired. And so trying to get back to that place, but from a different level, if that makes sense. Um, and that's something that I have to figure out how to do. So, um, you know, people will be able to see some more like fun personal projects and uh, hopefully another gallery exhibition. And in the grand scheme of things, um, in the real world, I want to have a, a space that people can come to see different things that I'm working on or, or different um, things that my art community is working on. It's really important for me to highlight them because I don't think, I, I know I wouldn't be where I am without the art community in DC. I mean, everyone is so talented and creative and inspiring and, and just always trying to do something new and bigger and better and never um, getting discouraged based on location or, you know, the state of the world, the economy, whatever it is, it's, it's a lot going on. And it's, it's beautiful to see so many people expressing themselves. I remember reading, I forget where I was reading. It might've been like a book by some Yale professors or something. The, the hard part for me is, is like everything that I do, I would do it for free. Like a hundred percent. Like I wouldn't charge people if I didn't have to. Yeah. And that's like the creative side. Like, yo, I like doing this at the same time though. Un unfortunately we live in a world where like, uh, we need money <laughs> to pay for things. And at the same time as a successful artist, like you can't continuously just charge like, Oh, $50 for this. Like you have to increase your value. So like the struggle of like, how much are you worth? Because you ha almost have to put a value on yourself, which goes against like your creative brain. And it's like, you know, a fight between the left brain and the right brain. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know. It's funny. Like I feel so in between business and art. I feel like I naturally, that's just who I am. I'm just both. I don't try to separate them too much because I don't think they have to be separated. Um, but I also think, Personally, I think of money as a tool versus um, how I think others might define money. I don't really think of like dollars and cents. I just think, okay, I make this thing and I'm making it from a place of it's free. It's what I want to make. It's not tied to anything, but I know that there's value to it and I know what it's worth. And so in that phase of it, I have to make sure that that matches up because that is going to be based on what I need to survive um, and what I need to keep my brand consistent and um, keep growing as an artist, like you said. But it's something that uh, for me, like I said, it's not the money. It's just I have to have understanding with myself. So if a, if a brand wants me to do a certain project, I mean, I, like you said, I would do it for free. I would, I would do all the stuff I do for free if that made sense and that that was possible, but it's not. And so because the brand has money, then I need money because that's just life, you know, that's how I see it. So, um, 
you know, I, I, I hear people talk about like this concept of like artists selling out. And I just think that's so crazy to me. Like how, why when I'm making money off art now, it's selling out, but you let all these other artists die and be poor. And now you highlight them and you make millions off of them. Just, just for like expressing your gratitude to their work. You know, you have like stuff like the Van Gogh experience and, and um, you know, build, building Frida Kahlo's house and things like that. And you want to celebrate that all of a sudden and make money off of it. But if they do it, it's a problem. And so that's where that, you know, artist stereotype thing, I think comes into play and, and taking that power away. And so because I have a business mind, you know, I just, we can say all the nice things and we can say it's creative and artist free and anybody can do art, but that's just not true. And um, we have to respect people's professions and um, we live in capitalism. So, you know, that's just where it is. Like, we can fight it, sure, and, and I agree, it'd be great if it didn't have to be like this, but how am I gonna keep fighting if I can't even take care of myself, you know? I, I barely could write my name, let alone paint anything. So that you've been able to master that from a business standpoint and from a creative standpoint is extremely impressive. And I mean, anyone that's out there who wants to be starving and broke, yet the first phrase that comes to my mind is like a broken, starving artist. Yeah. When you're a starving artist, you don't even need to eat. You know, you're just starving to be an artist. And that, that it's just, it's just not sustainable or realistic. And, and I think that, um, you know, art is subjective. It's like, there's plenty of amazing, powerful artists that are out there that are poor because no one knows about them. And that's where understanding branding and marketing comes into play. And so I'm glad that I studied that versus um, studying art, which ideally, yeah, it'd be great if I got to spend my whole childhood studying art and went to art school and stuff like that. But for what I need to survive now and to still do something I enjoy, you know, it took understanding business and, um, you know, even the idea I think people have of working artists lifestyle is uh, also a stereotype because it's not like it's it's fun in a sense, but it's very stressful and it's very hard and it's it takes a lot of discipline and commitment. It's it's 24 hour job and it's um, also being able to deal with the fact that the thing that you love has to make you money and that you have to have all these, uh, you know, kind of barriers or uh, constraints when it comes to creating and figuring out how to even make the things that you enjoy still. And, and similar to, you know, like where I said I am now of just being burnt out and, and, you know, from the outside, it looks like, oh, you know, you're so successful, you're doing great, you're growing people love your work and which is beautiful and it's great but um you know i also have to deal with myself i'm the one who has to do all of these things you know i work in solitude most of the time and have to figure out every decision i make and, and make every dollar that i make and so um you know that's that's life and just try to make the best out of it because i really literally couldn't do anything else We've spoken with uh, Anthony Trucks, and one of, one of the items he talks about is like you got to put in that dark work, the work that no one's ever going to see. And it's like, man, I'm looking at a beautiful painting, yet I have no idea how long this took. I have no idea like what this person's been through. All I see is the finished result, and that's that's hard for a lot of people to comprehend. Uh, and no one's going to really know what sort of efforts you've put in to make something go from literally like 
blank slate to you come up with an idea to the finished product. Yeah. I mean, even when you lay it out in like terms of a uh, timeline of how you do it, it, it even sounds so simple that like you just take those steps, but it really like being an artist is, you know, you're creating, but it comes with the mental toll. You know, it it's not something where you're like, I just decided to do that. And I did it. You're literally like facing yourself 24 seven. You're having to sit with the pro like the process of making something is very ugly. It does not look good, you know, to you. It doesn't necessarily feel good. You're judging yourself. You're questioning. Like, I mean, it's, it gets extreme, the emotions that you could get from just painting something, even doing murals. I have to really, really mentally prepare just to go outside and to do that. Where if I explain what I did, it sounds like simple. Like, yeah, I, I drew this concept. I'm going to go put it on the wall and that's it. But, you know, like there's all these other pieces of like, I'm out in public. People are watching me. People are asking me questions. People are judging the progress that I'm, I'm making. People are, um, you know, wondering if I'm even getting paid for this or if I am even a professional, if I uh, am doing graffiti, if I'm qualified to do this work, if they're going to like seeing it after I'm gone, you know, and it's like when I'm done with this, it's just going to be here permanently on a building. And I have to, you know, I have to come to terms with that. So um, I spend a lot of time, probably more time than I do on my art of just like working on myself and my self-awareness so that I can get past those things and make work. You know, it's easy for me to get in my own way and an artist in general to get in their own way from creating what they want to create. You can really get into like, I have decision paralysis all the time. I won't make something for years just because I don't know what the best way to do it is, you know? So it's, it's that that type of work that has to be done that's, um, you know, outside the professional side of it to, as an artist, you know, you're not just doing a job, you're creating from your perspective, you're expressing yourself. So to do that as a, as a profession is, um, it's just like a whole nother uh, level of, of work that you have to do on yourself to even be able to get that out there. Well, Trap Bob is definitely doing it all. Definitely taking the unconventional approach to, living, living your best life, how some people may say it. So glad to have you on. Enjoy the rest of your day. Keep creating. And uh, thanks for everyone hopping on. Have a great day. Thanks for having me.